You are listening to the number one self-improvement podcast on the planet. You, but better. Hello, better yous. This is Lex, and welcome to a very special Halloween episode of You, But Better. Friends, Seth is out today. He and his amazing life partner, Amaranth, they're actually speaking at a retreat called the Manifestation Mastermind for Spiritually Evolved Couples. Now, guys, this is a super special VIP event in Guatemala on the beautiful beaches of Guatemala. It's for couples who run online businesses doing seven plus figures in income. They're talking about how couples can jointly build stronger online marketing funnels while also exploring polyamory. It's going to be super great. I'm so proud that Seth is doing it. Anyway, today is an amazing Halloween episode, guys. And you might know this, but I freaking love Halloween. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to feature a really spooky story from one of our better yous. Guys, I love spooky stories. I love getting spooked. Now, the story you're about to hear, it truly scared me but it also moved me. And I think this story is gonna show you how you can face devastating adversity, how you can face a terrifying and impossible situation and still come out on top. Now, is this a story from Dwayne, our totally underappreciated audio engineer? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying one way or the other. By the way, guys, Before we get to the story, I just want to do a really quick public service announcement. I was recently informed that our quote-unquote arch rival, Jay Shetty, somehow has more podcast reviews than us. I don't know how that happened. Now, I'm a spiritually evolved individual, and I don't believe in comparison. Comparison is not even in my dictionary. So I'm not saying that you but better needs to necessarily beat Jay Shetty. That being said, I'm freaking really pissed off that he has more reviews than us. And so I'm asking you for a solid here. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go to You But Better right now and just leave us a quick review. It would help so much and I would be eternally grateful to you and I would would Zenmo you some good vibes. Now, I'd love it if you'd write your favorite life hack or piece of advice you've learned from You But Better in one of those Apple or Spotify reviews, I read all those reviews, or at least my assistant, Shaz's assistant does. Anyway, Seth and I are so grateful in advance for just you leaving a review and helping us become more self-actualized by helping us outcompete Jay Shetty. Anyway, with all that said, we turn now to a you but better Halloween tale from Dwayne, or maybe not Dwayne. It could be anyone. Anyway. Enjoy the story, and happy Halloween. Okay, uh, this is my story. I call it the nacho story. So, I always spend my Sunday nights eating my favorite food, nachos. And it's my favorite thing, man. It's, It's my special thing. You know, some people, they grew up with religion, and some people played baseball or kickball. I grew up with Sunday night nachos. You know, nachos were my family's 
way to celebrate life. No, personally, I, I like my nachos from 7-Eleven. I, I love the 7-Eleven nacho cheese. It's it's warm and cheesy, and the color is really nice. And also, the corn chips are perfectly crunchy. Um, and the jalapenos, they add just a perfect amount of bite, like like a small dog. You know, not like a German shepherd or like a pit bull bite, but like a chihuahua level of spicy bite. And uh, my parents are both gone now. They died, but... I, I kept our nachos tradition alive, so this is what happened to me. Um, I usually get to 7-Eleven like around 10 or, 10 or 11 o'clock, uh, but, but 7-Eleven is 24 hours, uh, so it's no problem. You know, it's always open at night. So this one Sunday night, I was really hungry, and I was, I was hyped up all week for my nachos, so... I got to 7-Eleven and I tried to open the door, uh, but it was locked. And I tried again, it's still locked. I, I couldn't go in. Um, I thought, shit, this is bad. Then I saw it. There's a sign on the door that said closing early at 10 p.m. And I, I was just devastated, man. I mean, seeing that sign and realizing that 7-Eleven is closed, that's like seeing your firstborn child die of a rare disease. That's, that's not something you'd ever like prepare for or expect or anything. So this sign is just like a regular piece of paper, like handwritten with black marker, you know, like unofficial, like, like there's no way that corporate has approved of this closure. So anyway, it was just after 10, it was like 10.04 on my watch. And uh, I could see the cashier in there though, but you know, he's not the normal cashier. The normal cashier is Jean and she's a sassy biatch. Fuck off. Uh, she's got blue highlights. Hurry the fuck up. You know, in her hair, but I love her. Uh, she's, she's mean to most customers. She's real mean. Get your ass out of here. She cusses people out when they're like too slow or annoying. I don't have all fucking day. Yeah, so I call her Mean Jean. Uh, but but Mean Jean's cool to me. You know, she knows I come in on Sundays for the nachos. Hey, nachos. And she'll put like a fresh batch of nacho cheese up before I get there. So it's all fresh and like amazing, just like I like it. But this guy, this cashier, he wasn't Jean. He was like some other guy. Uh, with like different hair and stuff and he was just kind of in there doing dumb stuff like closing out the register and stuff like that so i tried to get his attention you know i banged on the 7-eleven door a bunch of times definitely loud enough that he could hear me and you know i shouted i just want nachos i just want nachos and he, he didn't acknowledge me he didn't even turn to me so I got pretty pissed off. Uh, I started screaming, nachos, nachos, nachos. And this guy, he didn't even react. This weird cashier I'd never seen before. He just took all the cash from the register and kind of shuffled into the back of the store where I couldn't see him. And then I was confused, man. I was like, I was hangry, you know? So I could have just gone to a grocery store to buy all the ingredients for nachos just by the chips and the cheese and the jalapeno in a can and so on and so forth. Like, you know, all the ingredients. Um, I don't need to list them because you know what they are. So then it hit me. It was after 10 and the grocery store near here closes at 10. And the only place around here with 24 hour nachos, um, 
around my town is this one 7-Eleven. And also my gas tank was only a quarter full and I was low on cash. So I couldn't just drive to Austin. Like I had 10 bucks cash, you know, um, enough to buy all the nachos I could want, but not enough to buy gas and nachos. So this is where like shit gets devastating, right? <gasps> so uh, my credit card got stolen the week before. Someone skimmed my number and used it to buy like a whole shit ton of COVID tests at a CVS in Fort Worth. So just a, a bullshit purchase, right? There's no way I bought those COVID tests, man. Like I didn't buy them. So MasterCard canceled my card and they're sending me a replacement, but it hasn't arrived yet. My credit limit is fine. It's like three G's large. And if I have my card, I could get plenty of gas and nachos. But I also, I own an NFT of Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. That's worth at least $8,000. But get, you know, gas stations don't accept NFTs and that, that just absolutely sucks. So I was broke as a joke you know, for all intents and purposes that night. And I just, I broke down and started crying. I mean, I was crying so hard because I realized that I, this big boy, he's not getting his nachos, you know? And so I was just crying a river and I wondered if I should get down on my knees and like maybe pray to a God, even though I don't believe in. And so I did. I mean, I prayed to every God that I had heard of. Please God, please Buddha, please Thor, or like whoever the fuck is up there. Just help me. And that's when I heard it. I heard this voice and it was loud and rough. It, it sounded like God, but like if God had uh, emphysema and the voice said, you deserve nachos. Go get your nachos, my son. And I was just thinking, holy shit. And that's when I looked up and there's this homeless guy standing there leaning against the wall. And I was pretty sure he just said that stuff about how I deserve nachos. And so I just knew that this homeless guy was channeling a divine spirit. So I felt a surge of determination. Um, it was like red hot determination or I, I don't know, maybe it was white hot. Uh, it's whatever is the hottest color. Uh, maybe blue hot, like a blue flame on a stove burner. I, I don't know. Red sounds hotter to me, actually. So I think my determination was red hot. So then I thought, I need a rock. I, I need a rock to smash open the 7-Eleven door and get my nachos. And I looked around, and there's no there's no good lock, rocks lying around. And that's one of the problems with living in cities, that there's no good smashing rocks anywhere. It's, it's one of the main things we've lost as a civilization and so then I heard that voice again. Um, it said, use this. And I looked over and the homeless guy was holding out both hands and cupped in his hands. He had the perfect smashing rock. And, you know, like he's a legend or something. And this rock was perfect for smashing a glass door. It was about as big as a cantaloupe. So I took the rock from his hands and it was heavy, maybe 15 pounds. And the homeless guy just kept cupping his hands out, even though I already had the rock. And that kind of annoyed me. Like, hey, you can put your hands down, my dude. Like, I already took the rock. So anyway, I stepped back a few paces from the 7-Eleven door, and I chucked the rock with both hands as hard as I could, and the glass shattered. The top pane of the door was gone. And so I walked over. I reached through the opening, unlocked the deadbolt, 
opened the door and I walked into 7-Eleven and I was elated. I thought I'm, I'm Napoleon. Like maybe I'm Genghis Khan, you know, other than the rapes or whatever. So as soon as I was in the store, something was completely wrong. A bunch of bags of chips were randomly lying on the ground and one of the owls was weird and, and crooked, like someone knocked into it. And down the aisle, sitting on the floor, was Mean Jean. She was all tied up. Not like she was, you know, busy with life stuff, not like tied up in that way. But I mean, she had rope around her and like duct tape over her mouth. And she's looking at me and her face is red like she's more pissed off than she normally is. So I was shook. And I was wondering what effects this situation would have on me nachos wise. So I looked for the robber, but he's gone. So I ran to Mean Jean and I tried to untie her. And the knots were really tight. It was super frustrating. And she's making all these sounds like and all this stuff. Like she's trying to tell me how to undo the knots. But she had duct tape on her mouth. So I couldn't hear a damn word of it. So I really got to work. I mean, I just went to town on that rope. And I got the knots undone. Then Mean Jean, she kind of threw off the rest of the loose ropes. And ripped the duct tape off and said, What the hell? Why didn't you just take the damn duct tape off my mouth? I said, don't blame me, Gene. I can't think straight. I still haven't had my nachos. So, you know, then Gene said something that made my blood run cold. She said, that asshole robbed us and tied me up. And he took all of our nachos. And I couldn't believe my ears. It was like someone just told me that the Russians launched nukes. Like I ran to the nacho station and the chips case was empty. The cheese dispenser was drier than Death Valley. The jalapeno bucket, there was nothing going on there. It was like a gaping abyss. And so I fell to the ground and I wept. You know, I wept for the melted cheese that just danced on the tip of my tongue. So warm and so cheesy, you know, so nacho freaking good. So then, then me and Jean said something that I'll never forget. It was so profound. She said, We should find this guy and beat the shit out of him. And, you know, a righteous fury built inside of me. Would I lie here in a puddle of tears and accept my defeat? Or would I rise like the phoenix who had been burned to ash and had his nachos stolen? So I stood up and I raised my fist in the air and I yelled, I demand sustenance. And Mean Jean, she said, That's more like it. And so I asked her what this guy looked like. She said, uh... He's dressed like a bumblebee, and he had this really weird tie on. It's hard to explain. It happened too fast. That's what she told me. So it had been maybe 10 minutes since the, the robbery, so there was no telling where this, this robber was. Uh, this bumblebee guy or whatever. So we hustled out the back entrance and looked around. Nothing. All's quiet. So Jean asked me, she said, where do robbers go after they rob? So I just yelled to her, they go to a secret location. It's like, it's usually like an abandoned warehouse or a cave in the mountains or like a disguised corporate office in a skyscraper with a front desk that just appears to be a boring software company. You know, that kind of thing. So she said, that sounds more like a cheesy action movie, which I didn't think was very helpful. Um, and I told her, don't say cheesy. It's, it's super triggering to me right now. And then we just heard 
this voice of God say basketball. And it was the homeless man again. He was lurking by the back door now for some reason. I don't know why he was around back now. But so Gene asked him, what did you say? And uh, basketball, he repeated with his scratchy voice. So I told him, you want to play basketball? We got to find the nacho thief first. And so she, so Gene said, no, I think he's trying to tell us something. So then I realized, hey, there's a basketball court a few blocks from here. And then Gene said, then let's fucking go. So the homeless guy shot rope. And I said, oh, yeah, bring the rope. So we grabbed the rope. We get in Gene's uh, Volkswagen and we just called maximum ass. We were at the basketball court within probably three minutes. And they're in the parking lot next to the court was a beat up van. The sliding passenger door was open and a mysterious figure was sitting on the inside of the van, his legs hanging out the door. And it was dark outside and hard to make him out. But for damn sure, he was eating something. What What the the shit? shit? Gene and I both yelled at the same time. It was one of those funny sayings we liked. We just loved to say what the shit. So Gene turned off the lights of the the Volkswagen. She uh, parked across the street and we both got out. So as soon as we were out of the car, I didn't wait for Gene. I was too mad. I just sprinted at the van, sprinted at that guy at full speed, and I was on him in seconds. And right as he stood up, I just smashed into him. And he shouted, hey, what the heck? And he was short, uh, but he was really strong. So we wrestled. um, And I remember yelling while we fought, you stole my damn nachos. And I remember this was, he shouted at me. He said, I had the supreme right to crunch. And I didn't know what in the world that meant. I thought it was a weird thing to say, but it also made me even more mad at him. So I headlocked him. Then he headlocked me and we were evenly matched. I mean, it was a classic headlock deadlock. So honestly, this guy was probably stronger than me, but um, I had nacho anger. So it evened out. So out of the corner of my eye, I saw a gene run up behind us and she yelled, Hey, dipshit. And so me and the guy both yelled, yeah. Yeah. Then, then Jean threw one of her classic roundhouse kicks, a classic mean Jean roundhouse kick, right into this guy's head, perfectly aimed. And uh, he just kind of staggered. Then I punched him in the face, and he dropped to the he dropped to the ground. He was knocked out. So I said, you know, thanks, good aim, same effort. She said. So we fist bumped, and then we looked down at him. He's passed out. It, I mean, he was terrifying. He was about five foot six, uh, really well built. He had flaming orange hair. Uh, he was maybe 30 years old, but he had a kind of a stupid baby face. And he was wearing a jumpsuit with black and yellow stripes, you know, like a cross between like a prison uniform and like a bumblebee costume. And he was wearing a tie that it, it was covered in pictures of nacho cheese. And it had like flying black olives on it and dancing corn chips. Like his tie had a picture of, of that stuff. And and then I just thought, God, I, I should have seen, seen this coming. coming. And so Gene asked, He's like the nachos version of the Hamburglar. And and I, I, I told her, I said, yeah, he's Nacho Ladron. I said that with fear and respect. And she just said, that's weird as fuck. So, so we tied him up with the rope. Um, we ransacked his van. The back was full of nachos. Like there were packages of corn chips, vats of cheese, the whole deal. All the nachos he stole from Mean Gene's store plus other nacho robberies to boot. I mean, it makes me sick. Like it like when you learn about the Holocaust, it's like that. But you know, then then after I thought about it more, it made me hungry. 
So we found the cheese vat from 7-Eleven still warm and the chips still fresh. Now, when Nacho Ladrone woke up a minute later, we ate all the 7-Eleven nachos in front of him and he just, he cried like a baby and we didn't give him any nachos. I have never tasted nachos that good in my entire life. Now, you, you have no idea what it's like to want the perfect snack then have it stolen out from under you by a man dressed like a freaking demented bumblebee with a nacho tie. Then you fight him, knock him out, take back what's rightfully yours, all thanks to the help of a homeless guy with a scratchy voice and your cool friend who kickboxes. There's no feeling like that in the world. And, you know, to this day, whenever I feel down or lost or, or hopeless or anything, I remember that Gene and I beat up Nacho's Ladrone, and I know I can do anything. So you might be wondering, by the way, what whatever happened to Nacho's Ladrone? After we snacked on all the nachos, we called the cops, and they, they showed up and arrested him and, and tased him a bunch of times, basically for no reason, and then they hauled him off. The end. You, but better. Friends, thank you for listening and becoming a better you. And if you haven't followed us on social media yet, you haven't fully committed. Find those social links in the episode description. Also, please rate and review us on your podcast listening app. It helps more people find this podcast and become totally enlightened. And remember, don't just be you, be you, but better.